Chipotle. So get this. Huh? I'm sitting down having my dinner tonight, like literally an hour or so ago at Nando's, yeah. Canberra. Mm-hmm. Great choice. <laughs> Is it? I was actually well, disappointed by it. I think it's a bit overrated. What's the variety like down there? As in of takeaway chicken restaurants? Yeah. Uh, it's not great. There's basically that in a Porto's, and a Porto's is not great these days. But, yeah, Nando's is supposed to be this upscale option, and I'm not sure about it. Anyway, I'm sitting at Nando's, yeah. eating my dinner, yeah. having a burger, yeah. and six massive dudes walk in. Okay. And, and they order their food, and they come and sit down basically right next to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of looking at these massive dudes, and I don't really recognise any of them. Uh, but I'm like, these, these these guys have to be raiders. There's mm-hmm. Nothing else for it. Mm-hmm. So after about five minutes, I'm just sort of sitting there wondering if I should strike up a conversation. And eventually, I think, yeah, I better strike up a conversation. So I sort of motion to the guy that's sitting closest to me. I'm like, hey, mate. Um, are you guys Raiders? And he goes, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we're Raiders. And I was like, oh, are you first graders? Anyone yeah. I know? Yeah. The, the guy sitting across from him, who at this point had just been sort of staring at his, staring at his phone, yeah. uh, he's like, oh, mate, you wouldn't know me, but you'd definitely know him, who was the guy that I was talking to. He's right. like, Gouger. <laughs> Gouger? <laughs> Hudson Young. <laughs> Oh, my God. I was like, oh, Hudson Young, how's it going? <laughs> That's he was right. A nice guy. He chatted to me a little bit. What do you get, like 17 weeks or something insane, right? Ooh, stupid. Is he still, is he still um, suspended? Uh, I think so. I, know, I didn't have the balls to ask him whether or not he was still, still suspended, but right. I did kind of lean in and I was like, hey, Hudson, is, yeah. that, is that Bailey Simonson sitting over there? Yeah. And he said, yep. Yeah. And I leaned in a little closer and I said, is he going to play on the left or the right? Yeah. And he goes, hey, Bailey, <laughs> you going to play on the left or the right? Um, and uh, I didn't really get much of an answer, to be honest. One of them, like, a couple of them said, you want to play fullback, don't you? Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I was like, Clockstad played pretty well last year. Not sure you're uh, like, you know, what's what's going to happen there? They didn't say anything. So, right. don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. I also asked if George Williams was going to play on the right, right or the left. They reckon he's going to play on the right, which is interesting. Hang on. Is, is this just a made-up story? Are you lying to me? <laughs> there is nothing made up about this. Why do you think I'm lying to you? Just... Because I like camp is a small place, but I don't know. It just it just seems very no. It seems unlikely that 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 you started with you guys Raiders like you wouldn't like you wouldn't have a clue whether they were football players or not, and then all of a sudden you're asking them like who's playing on which side. Like they would ask they would ask you the question of like, hang on, do you know footy or don't don't you know footy? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, mate, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's literally what happened. Um, I didn't recognize. I literally didn't. I didn't recognize Hudson Young at all, and I didn't recognize any of the others. And I, I sort of recognized Bailey Simonson because, like, when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, is that him?" Actually, I like, googled a few photos to, to check if it was him, but I was pretty sure it was him. 
they weren't wearing any Raiders paraphernalia, but they're all massive young dudes. I think they were probably mostly reserve grades. Um, okay. But yeah, like I literally was like, ask him if you please go play to the left or the right. And he's like, you ask him yourself pretty much. They were, they they were fairly disinterested. To be honest, I got the sense that they didn't know. Right. Okay. I got the sense that like it hadn't been worked out. He was like, I'm not sure. Right, right. Um, but a couple, a couple of them were like, "Do you want to play fullback, don't you?" I see. But they were pretty confident that George Williams was going to play on the right because I asked that question okay. twice. Okay. Okay. Well, which, which is interesting. George Williams. I've looked at YouTube videos of George Williams, and he's always played on the left. Oh, okay. But Whiten plays on the left, so looks like he's going to move to the right. If I can believe these yeah, guys who are like pretty disinterested, but yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Well done. That that is that is some uh, great investigative work. <laughs> um, I didn't have the heart to tell them that it was all for Supercoach. I just wanted to make out like I was a fan. So, have you heard the news this week? Uh, which which piece of news would you be referring to? So. It's not very hot off the press anymore. It was a few days ago now, but very, very sadly for, for his career and his year, Ryan James has done his ACL again. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, hard goes out to the guy. Like, I can't imagine how much how, how tough that's got to be to deal with after doing, like, 12 months of rehab and then having to do it all again. But was it the same need, you know? I, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I get the sense that it probably was. Um, okay. But, I mean, it is super coach relevant because he, as much as this is just a stupid game and that's his real life, he was in a lot of people's teams and now we've got to look for some different options. Yep. Was he in your team? He was not in my team. He, and not, not in any iteration of my team. And not because I think he's a bad player. I just um, saw what, he, what, what his PPM was like playing on the edge. Um, from what I'd read, he was going to play on the edge. Titans were going to go nowhere. I just, I didn't see that much upside in him. Yeah, okay. Well, he was in my team. Um, mm-hmm. So now I've got to go back to the drawing board a little bit and mm-hmm. and pick a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone in the that kind of range of front row? Like, I think we both have Payne Haas, right? Yes. Yeah. So who's your, who's your second front row at the moment? All right. So... I'll start by saying that at the moment, my second front rower is TKO. And okay. Do you think he's going to goal kick? Um, so I, I don't. I don't know the answer to that question. I think teams that play in relevant preseason games are gold because you can you can get so much more information. So having them playing the World Club Challenge will probably answer that question for us, or I'm hoping it will. Yep. Um, if if I see him kicking at all uh, in that game, then he will probably stay in my team. Filling the front row is always notoriously difficult, um, except for a, a pretty injury-riddled campaign last year. I thought he was excellent. He was in my team close to the end of the year, um, and and he didn't have the kicking last year. So and the, and they've lost. Tedavano, so there's there's a little bit of experience lost there. 
I just don't see his minutes going down. And JWH is also getting pretty old at the moment. So I feel like, um, yeah, I, I just feel like his current price is his base. Yeah, okay. So I don't mind the pick, but what I would say, and I don't have the, the kind of figures on me right now, but I will, what I would say is have a look at the inj- like there was injury-affected games, as in he wasn't injured, like other players on the team were injured and things got moved yes. around. Yes. And that inflated his minutes a, a bit at times. Um, sure, but that's going to happen every season, right? Yeah, but it happened a lot last season. And when it okay. didn't happen, like towards the end of the season, if I'm remembering right, his minutes were not very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. He finished off. Um, he finished off his last five games with thirty-three, forty-three, thirty-six, thirty-three, and twenty-two minutes. So yeah, they weren't great. Um, but again, if he does have the kicking duties, they're going to want to keep him on the field for longer. I feel so. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens at the World Club Challenge. Yeah. Okay. So, what about all right? What about in the sort of tier below that? So, I'm guessing you're not going to be spending that much money all over your front row. What about in your sort of third and fourth positions? Who do you like in those positions? Well, so I, I actually did want to have a look at some of the mid-priced, uh, some of the other mid-priced players because I don't mind running quite an expensive front row, and the reason for that is that. Um, front row rookies or even cheap front row, front rowers are such a slow burn that um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's yeah we talked about Sometimes this exactly so at all. well as in yeah yeah they go they're actually going nowhere we don't make any money yeah exactly exactly so what I did was I went on to Supercoach Talk and I had a look through a lot of the different teams on Pit My Team um, to see who are the players that everyone has. Yeah, go on. No, I just want to see who does everybody have in that either second or third front row position, and I wanted to find out why. So I, I sort of looked at five or six different players that I wanted to split up into two tiers. The first tier I looked at was the mid-priced front rowers who are around that four hundred sort of $450,000 mark. Yep. And the three that stood out in a lot of teams for me were Liam Knight, obviously, at the Bunnies. Yeah. Um, Trent Merrin, I saw some yep. of, and um, since that Ryan James injury, particularly uh, your boy Moyaki Fatuaika. Yes, yeah. So th- those are the three I looked at in, pati- um, in that particular price range. So I looked at Liam Knight first, four hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars. Yep. He averaged forty-one minutes last year at a one point one four ppm. Only scored two tries, um, so he's not really a try scoring forward. Now, I wanted to kind of look through it because I thought, well, if he averaged 41 minutes last year, maybe there were other props at the Bunnies who had more minutes. And then I looked at it, and there weren't. In fact, he averaged 41 minutes last year. Junior Totola averaged 41 minutes last year. Tom Burgess averaged 41 minutes last year. So last year, the split between um, time on the field for the props was really, really even. So then I thought it was. I thought maybe it's maybe it's just a, uh, maybe it's just a weird year. That was what Bennett had to play with. So I looked at the previous couple of years when he was the Broncos, okay. and I didn't see any anything really stand out there. Um, uh, Adam Blair 
had the highest minutes um, in 2017. That was 50 minutes. In 2018, it was Tavita Pangai and Joe Off and Gowie both had 50 minutes. Didn't see anything above that. Yep. It led me to it led me to believe that maybe Bennett doesn't play any single prop for a lot of minutes. And in fact, props playing more than actual props playing more than 50 minutes. There aren't that many to do it. Do you want to know how many? Do you know? I did this the other day, actually. I was interested. Um, okay. So, okay, you got to take out some of the guys that are listed here because they're really, they're getting a boost in their minutes because they're playing in the second row a bit. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to include Sam Burgess. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you consider James Fisher-Harris a prop? No. Okay. So if I take out the, those two and Tavita Pangai, because I think he got a, got some 80-minute games that... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. he played on the edge and had lock as well. Yep. Basically, we've got Haas, Clemmer, Maguire, Tolman, Lodge, Vanua Blake, Graham, Twole, Papali, Paulo. That's 10, and we're down to 53 minutes. So there's right. only 10 guys that got 53 minutes or more that are out-and-out props. Okay. I don't know about you, but I would say that all of all of those guys are um, are better props than Liam Knight. Not that he's a bad prop. I just don't think he's a particularly special prop. So, okay. So I see his ceiling at about 50 minutes. Yeah. Like his absolute ceiling. Right. Okay. So if if we put his ceiling at fifty minutes, that's a nine minute increase over twenty nineteen. At his PPM, it, we're looking at about ten points. So he might get he might get to about a fifty six or a fifty seven point average. So he's not. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be a keeper. You are going to need to trade him out of your team. Ten points is is pretty handy. That's close to a hundred grand. Um. But I don't really see a huge amount of upside there. So let's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm warm to him, to be honest. Even just our chat about the Irrigard in the mouth. I think you're right. Oh, but looking. But that's the other thing. Hang on, that's the other thing. Like, do you would you trust four hundred and thirty thousand dollars of your fake money to a guy who spread Irrigard in his mouth? <laughs> um, I'm not sure what the answer is. Maybe he's like learned his lesson a little bit. Maybe not. Um, his minutes did go up at the end of last season. Now, having said that, there was only one game above 51 minutes. He had one 57-minute game, mm-hmm. um, and that was in round 17. So mm-hmm. there was probably like, was that a buy round or a week after a buy round or something? So maybe there was well, resting yeah. guys. Yep. But he did end the season like, yeah, the back half of the season, 48, 51, 49, 57, 40, 45, 41, 51, 47, 40. And then I think in the finals, I don't have it here, but I think in the finals he played some like 50-plus minute games as well. Hmm. So I agree. I can't see his minutes being over, say, 50, but I think 50 might be about right, given yes. that they've lost Burgess and um, one of the – also two Burgi. Mm-hmm. Um and at that PPM of about around sort of over one, 10-point upgrade, I think he's, he's interesting at least. He's probably the yeah. best of the options around that that money for me. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the others. Yep. So 
Fotuarika. Yep. Because because you have a love affair with this guy, I think you're going to know all the things that I'm about to ask you. But okay. First of all, do you know how old he is? He's very young. I think he's twenty. He is twenty. That's correct. But do you know how many minutes he averaged last year? Well, sadly, I do because you're right. I do have a love affair with him. I started with yeah. him last year, and yeah. I think he's one of the best players in the game, young players in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he could be anything. But yeah, he he averaged forty seven minutes last year. That's correct. Averaged forty seven minutes at about a PPM of one. Scored yeah. zero tries. So. Going back to the list you just read me of these props that actually play big minutes, what what do you what do you imagine that he's going to be getting? Well, yeah, um, the chances that he gets fifty five or more are low. Okay, um, I, I agree with you. I think I think he does get a bit of a, a boost. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that to the end of like at the back end of last year, his, his minutes started get were pretty good. But he's all, in my opinion, he's already got most of the benefit of James being out because he was already out last year. That's right. So I think that, yeah, I've seen him pop up in a lot of teams and I don't see a huge amount of upside. He might get like 52, 53 minutes, but that's like a five-point upgrade, which exactly is more right. than what I think Liam Knight's going to get. Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree with you there. I think he is the better player. Um, I'd rather have him... In my team, and if this was some kind of dynasty draft or something like that, he'd be one of my first pick players. Um, but I, I see six, seven, eight point uh, increase on his average max just because I, I don't see him playing more than about 54, 55 minutes. They've still got Jared Wallace. Um, and and the other thing is we don't know we don't know what the coach is going to do because we have a new coach. No, it's new coach as well. Exactly. So, um, and and as you said, he's twenty. As a new coach, you're going to play a twenty-year-old prop for sixty minutes a week. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. He's one I'm going to watch though, because I actually think he could play sixty minutes a week. As you say, I've got a massive man crush on him, and if he does play yeah. sixty minutes a week, he's he's obviously a great buy. But I I think he's a watch and see because I think the chances of that are quite low. I agree with you. Okay, the last player I want to talk about in this price range is Trent Merrin. Yeah. Um, interestingly, interestingly, all three players that I'm talking about right now all play the first buy as well. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, why why is it impossible to find Super League stats like Super League player stats? Yeah, I. Is I it think they've this somewhere because I've seen people quote them, but yeah, I can't find them either. Right. Okay. So, Merrin, four hundred eight thousand dollars. Um, if we look at if we take his PPM from 2018, 2017, 2016, uh, he averages somewhere between uh, around around one point one, around PPM of one point one. So my my thing with him, and obviously you're going to need to see him named in the number thirteen jumper to even think about starting with him. Yeah, um, and if he's in the proper rotation, then. I'm out because both Graham and Paul Vaughan play big minutes. Surely they bought him to play the lock role that JDB has left open. I th- I think that's the case, but um, you, well, okay. So JDB might get off; he might come back. Um, I'm expecting. I mean, yeah, I'm ex- 
expecting that McInnes might might do some time at lock as well. Um, so we'll see how that affects his minutes. But um, I actually I actually did an exercise, and this is this is relevant here and relevant with another play I'm going to talk about shortly. But I did an exercise where I looked last year for every um, every game, every regular season game, every player that walked out onto the field in the number 13 jersey, what were the average minutes amongst all of them from every team? Yeah. What do you reckon it was? What do I reckon it was? Yep. Starting locks? Yes. Pretty high. 60. Close. 55. 55 right. minutes. Yep. So, um, it's a good start. I'm... Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to assume 55 minutes from Marin. If we do that and we give him the same PPM, and he's he's only 30. Um, yeah, I know. I was surprised to, to hear that as well. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's yeah he's older, but he's not he's not old. Um, if we give him the same PPM, or even if we give him a PPM of one which would be his lowest PPM over the last few years, that's still about a uh, 13 or 14 point upgrade over his price. He does have that very friendly super coach game as well when he gets going, that offload. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, look, I, I think I think the Dragons are going to play him um, as the primary lock. Uh, I can see him getting 50 minutes. Keep in mind also that in the last couple of seasons... Um, uh, Tyson hasn't been playing 80 minutes, Tyson Frizzell. Yeah, okay. So so you've got you've got minutes to go there, you've got minutes in the props and potentially Merrin there. So I, I, I think 55 might be pushing it, but I think at least 50 at a minimum is fair for Merrin. Yep. So if I recap that, for me... I like Trent Merrin as a buy. I'm, I'm leaning towards Liam Knight as I think he's like... A young guy that's coming through. That's well, he's not that young. He's actually twenty-five. But um, like I think he's actually trying to have a proper go at his career now, and I think he will be the main prop there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he can get 50, 52 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marin is a little bit old, but yeah, there's not much between them. There's not much between them, except everybody's favorite. Marin is a dual position player. That's true. So, for, so true. for me, so for me, it's Merrin, then Knight, then Fotuaika. Yeah. Okay. So that's my guys between four hundred and four hundred and fifty odd thousand dollars. Now, I just want to point out a couple of guys in the who are in the next rundown. Yep. So the three guys I looked at between the sort of three hundred to three fifty mark were um, Zane Tedavano, who I'm seeing in some teams. Yep. Uh, Thomas McKayley. Yep. And Patrick Carrigan. Yep. So they are 310 grand, 309 grand, and 326 respectively. Yep. All right. So, first of all, Tedavano um, averaged 37 minutes last year. Mm. Um, as a comparison, RCG, who many people are expecting him to just be a straight replacement for, which I don't buy, but anyway, average 47 minutes. So potentially there might be up to, 
I'd say up to 10 minutes there for him. I can't, I just can't see a situation where he's playing more than that. He's 28 already as well. Yeah. Like not, you know, we just talked about Marin at 30. It's not, not that it's old, but I just feel like he hasn't really shown himself. Good, right? It's just not that good. It's just like. When I'm picking coach players, you know, people talk particular guys up. They say, oh, you know, new club, they went from 35 minutes, they're going to be the number one guy and get 50 minutes. And then exactly as you say, I look at them and I'm like, they're 28. They've never really been a kind of number one prop guy. I just don't see them being that good. You know, I see him as a 40-minute guy. Exactly right. Exactly right. And the other thing we have to take into account is RCG was – RCG was averaging 47 minutes last year, but last year they also had uh, a hooker on the bench. This year they might be playing an 80-minute hooker, which means another forward in the rotation to account for as well. Maybe. Depending on maybe with Kenny, but yeah. Exactly. So we already know um, that Fisher-Harris is going to be a big-minute player, and let's assume he's playing at lock. He might get 60 minutes there, and he'll he'll share with somebody – who might be Mitch Kenny? Um, I think he gets seventy. To be honest, I think really? Harris gets seventy minutes. You know, he averaged okay. seventy-seven minutes last year. Yeah, so Fisher Harris does get seventy. Then he's going to spend a little bit of time at prop whilst Kenny rotates through the lock position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you got yeah Leota and uh, Lemieux um, as well to to account for minutes there too. And and Tamo plays pretty big minutes too. Yeah. So I give I, I reckon Tedavano forty five minutes max. His PPM is actually not great. It's usually a little bit below one for a prop that's just average. Uh, so there's like maybe seven, maybe eight points max there for him. And I think that's being generous. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, Tom McKayley. That's a line through him, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, yeah. For me, he's going to be the last of the three that I'm going to talk about in terms of who I take. So, McKaylee, PPM 1.1, only averaged 30 minutes last year. Okay. Um, so, the only question with him is where actually is he in the pecking order of the props? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either because they, they started with 12 getting huge minutes last year. Yeah. Um. And who else? Who was the other guy that was starting? Uh, Packer was starting a bit. Madalena showed up a little bit. And then that, um, towards the end of the season, season, that other guy came along. But but twelve got benched it towards the end of the season because they'd like more him out. They played him too many minutes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so McKelly was there. But now they've brought in. Um, they've got Musgrove, right? That's right. So Mus, like I actually think. And they've also got Josh Alloway. Yeah, and Josh Alloway, Alloway was a good player and averaged 40 minutes last year. Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if it was like Alloway and um, and Musgrove that start. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. And still we'll have Michele on the bench maybe getting like high 30s minutes. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's the most reasonable outcome, that he gets somewhere between... 35 and 40 minutes. Yeah, and then they've got all the clock. Now, McKaylee is another one that fits into that. It's harder with him. Like, I'm, I'm more confident that Ted Abano kind of only gets 
for a few extra minutes. McKaylee could be almost like a Payne Haas type character. He's got a lot of potential. And if he really comes on this year, he could end up getting like 50 plus minutes. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So there's a lot of unknown about him. We do know that in the the games that he did play, um, that he did play more minutes last year, his PPM was pretty consistent uh, at least. So if he does get... If he does get 40-plus, then that'll be really, really good. But, yeah, I think for him it's a bit of – it's not boom or bust because he, he'll definitely make money. It's just – it's just, yeah. If he's really starting or if, or even if he doesn't start, but then he, he's, he starts starting, he gets promoted at some point during the season, I'm going to get very interested in him. Yeah. I don't think I can pick him off the bench, though. Yeah, neither. At that okay. price, in three, what is he, 320? Uh, 309. 309. Yeah, I don't think I can pick him if he's starting off the bench. If he starts, I, I, I am quite interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree with you. The last guy I want to talk about is uh, Patrick Carrigan. Yeah. So the chat, which you've obviously seen, is that he may be in line to start in the number 13 jersey. That would really surprise me. Why? I just think there's too many other good players ahead of him. The only way I can see it happening is if Offahengawi gets like demoted for that drink driving thing, or mm-hmm. or David Perfita for some reason gets benched, which seems like craziness to me. Otherwise, surely either Offer or Fango Junior start at walk, don't they? I don't know. There's there's a lot of chat about um, about his place in the leadership group of the club, which is is a big thing. Like he's pretty young; he hasn't played that many first grade games, and they've already included him in the leadership group. So that's a kind of positive. Um, how much? How much is he again? Three twenty six. Look, if he gets that starting lock role, maybe. I mean, the thing that scares me about the Broncos is just like how many good forwards they have and how many minutes there are to go around. That's fair. But on the on the other side of the coin, let me say this. He um, He's playing in a position where a lot of other... Well, no, a lot of other people can play a lot of other positions in the forward pack, um, which would give him a bit more runway um, for the lock position. So... So Pangai could start at start at thirteen, but if there are any injuries on the edges, then Pangai easily just goes out to an edge, and Carrigan gets more minutes. I feel more confident about him even off the bench than I do about someone like Tedavano starting. Yeah, I mean, I and I'll add if he does start on the bench, I can't pick him off the bench. Yeah. Um, if he's starting, I'll look at him. Even then, I'm not 100% convinced. But if he's starting, it will surprise me if he starts, given who, who they've got in their team. But mm-hmm. yeah, if he's starting, I'll, I'll, again, I'll probably have to pick him. So if he's starting, I'm definitely picking him. If he's not starting, I'm 50-50. Just keep in mind, 34-minute average last year, a bit over um, a PPM of one. Yeah. If he gets that like we spoke before about that 55-minute um, uh, lock average when they start, 
If he gets that, that's 20 points. Yeah. I can't see it happening in that team with the amount of minutes they all play. If he starts, even if he starts, I can't see him getting 55. He might get 45 or high 40s. Mm-hmm. But if, if he starts, it's probably enough to, to pick him. Okay. If he starts and McKaylee starts, who do you put in your team? Probably Carrigan, just. Yeah, right. Maybe both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably put both in. So, so for me, it's Carrigan as my first preference, then McKaylee, then Tedavano. Yeah. Tedavano is nowhere near my team. Yeah. I haven't even considered Carrigan because I just don't think he's going to get that starting role. But, yep. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I want, I want to add that um, whilst every, everybody I mentioned was either a front rower or a dual position player who plays front row, um, the second row options at around the $400,000 mark of Jack Williams and around the $300,000 mark of Jaden Sewer, I think are actually superior for the money than everybody I just spoke about. Yeah, absolutely. I have both of them in my team. Uh, people are talking about um, Ethan Lowe, even, who's similarly priced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and when you start talking about someone like Merrin, then you start, I start comparing him to Jack Williams. And I've yeah. got Williams just ahead of Merrin, which is probably why Merrin isn't in my team, although I suppose I could have him in the front row. But, that yeah, that's the thing. I would not consider Marin in the second row, but I would I would, I would definitely consider him in the front row. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm probably with you there. I, I've, yeah, I've got Knight slightly ahead of Marin, but, yeah, it's tough. And the, and the dual yeah. position is, is nice for him. Mm-hmm. So I was having a conversation on Twitter today with, uh, Wilford, a.k.a. Catfish, who's one of the mm-hmm. uh, recent NRL Supercoach winners. Oh, yeah? About, it was sort of about Appy Coruscant, but also about uh, Damien Cook and how, I guess, how to get him in um, or, or what to do in that hooker position more generally. Um, yep. And this is something I've been thinking about quite a lot because both you and I have already said that we're not going to start with Cook. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that you have to start with Cook and you're crazy not to start with Cook. Um, And so I just want to talk about that for a bit. Mm -hmm. So last year I started with Cook. And I think, and I, and I, last year I was, I would have agreed with you that it was crazy not to start with him. Well, not with you, Mm -hmm. but with people more generally. Um, But I think things have changed. So, Last year, Cook was, it appeared anyway, that he was clearly going to be the best player in Supercoach. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he was that number one captaincy option. And we talked last week about how if there is a captaincy option that is clearly better than the, the next best option, then they're sort of underpriced just because of that. Yes. Now... Cook only averaged two points less last year than he did the season before, but other people gained on him in that time. 
people right. like Payne Haas and Taumalolo gained on him, and he's no longer right. that standout captaincy option. In fact, I think Haas both could av- potentially average more than him, but also is more consistent. Yes. Um, so, so there's that. But the other thing is that there are far better options at hooker, counter options at hooker than there were last year. Last year, who were the cheap options at hooker? Can you even remember? I can't remember. I know I started with Cook and Carrot Holland. Um, Carrot Holland, yeah, was, that didn't work out very well, did it? That did not work out very well. No, um, some people started with options options Daniel were. Roach. Um, so, so yeah. I had a look, and the only half-decent sort of cheap option was the Eels guy, Mahoney, or whatever his name is. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he did okay at the beginning of the season. He made a bit of money, but he was a bit of a, you know, he wasn't a, a super popular pick. Um, yeah. And then, like, a bunch of people had Blake Braley, who was a bench hooker. It was never get more right. going to get more than, like, 20 minutes. So that should yeah. how, how bad That's the options were, right? And people yeah. were burnt last year because of Blake Braley, and they weren't able to get Cook because – the cheap guys didn't make any money mm-hmm. and Souths had a great draw and just at that point where you start thinking about getting Cook in, Cook happened to go on about a four or five week run where he turned up almost every week. Yep. Um, and so the people that were like trying to get him in just couldn't get him in. And mm-hmm. I think everyone's been burnt by that um, and is worried that that's going to happen last year. So they're like, never again, I'm just going to start with Cook. Mm-hmm. But I think... I think there are good options this year. I think they are going to make money. I think they're too good to pass up. Yep. Um, so we've got we've talked about Corey Sauer, Blake Blake Braley, and possibly Harry Grant. Yep. Um, but I guess the flip side to that is you have to think about how you're going to get Cook in, and you have to have a plan for that. And so that's what I was talking to to, to Catfish about today on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So you want to hear my plan? Hit me. I hope it involves dual position players. <laughs> well, it actually doesn't, but it, a, a fair bit of stuff has to go right for this to happen. I'm aware that this is a bit of an optimistic plan. Basically, what okay. I said to today is I'm going to have a couple of uh, mid-price centres in my team, sort of around that 350 to 380k range that have got good draws. Yep. And I'm hoping yep. that sometime between rounds one and five, hopefully, ideally in rounds three, two, three or four, one of those guys out of probably two or three, Wacker Bla- uh, Wonga Blake, Bailey Simonson, who I chatted to today in Nando's, uh, <laughs> or, or someone like that has a big week, scores a double or a triple in one of those early games against the Titans or something like that. Yep. Make a quick 100K. So we're talking three price rises. Mm-hmm. Um, then... I'm hoping that a cheapie comes along in the centre wing. So there's an injury or something, some more or less bottom price cheapie comes along in the centre wing that I can trade Wonga Blake down for. Yep. I'm hoping that Coriusau can make can average about 55 over that period, and that he makes yep. about 100k in that time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that is not out of the realm of possibility at all. His his average was around the 55 mark in 2018 and 2017. Yep. I don't have it in front of me actually, but from memory it was something something in that ballpark. 
And I think I looked at his first five or six games in 2018, and he he averaged about 72 minutes and 62 points. Mm-hmm. So he'll make if he if he averages about 55, he makes about 100k. That means I need 200 and well around about 300k to get to Cook if he stays priced at where he is, mm-hmm. and that Wonga Blake down to a, a cheapy gets me about there, right? So about 480 minus 170 gets me my 300k. Yep. And so just looking at okay, so there's a lot. Of, there's a few things that can go wrong there. Obviously, mm-hmm. Corey I can get injured. Um, one of my my center wing guys might none of them might do that well, so they might may not make money. A cheapy may not come along. Um, but I, I actually don't think any of those things are, are particularly unrealistic. And the other thing is South draw over those first five or six rounds is awful. Yeah, it's true. so they play. I'm just bringing it up. Where are they? So the first five, they play the Sharks at home, the Broncos at Suncorp, the Roosters at ANZ, Melbourne away at Amy, and then round five, they play the, the Bulldogs at ANZ, so that's a pretty juicy game. The Bulldogs started to look a lot better towards the end of last season, but still. And then round six against the Dragons. So I'm targeting that round six game against the Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Cook's going to break the budget over those first five games. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the other thing that could go wrong. Cook could could go on a massive run and get more expensive, but yep. I don't necessarily think that he's going to based on on that draw. Um, I agree. And when you look at his stats last year, I'm going to have to bring that up again. Um, against the good teams, they weren't that good. So I think he got. Against Melbourne, he scored 50. Against the Roosters, he scored 70. So I don't think that that's that unlikely either. Mm-hmm. That he sort of even, he might even go down a little bit in price. Yep. But I do, yeah. So I do think, so he's going to be my number one gun trading target. And I'm going to, oh yeah, I'm going to burn some trades getting him in. Um, and people might say, well, you're burning two, maybe three trades to get him in. Um, but isn't that the point? Like, you can't get every gun. Surely the point of this game is to trade up to guns as fast as you can through making money. But why do you feel like you need him so quickly? Because I, because he plays Origin, right? Yes. So, so it's not like you're getting... His draw gets better from round five onwards. Number yeah. two, and he's like, you know, he's in the top three or four players in the game. But I feel like if you wait till about round eight or nine, then he then he plays Origin. And last season, after Origin, his scores got worse. Like he, I don't know if he was tired or what, but yeah, his best the best part of his season was in that sort of. I think it was from about round five or six until Origin one. Yeah, but that that also coincided with their easy draw all the way up to Origin one. Sure. Um, Okay, so let's have mm. let's have a look at his draw from round five onwards. So from round five onwards, they play, like I said, the Bulldogs, the Raiders, the Dragons, the Knights, the Broncos, the Tigers, and the Cowboys. So it, yeah. from round five, it gets pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. So basically what I'm saying is I'm going to – I don't mind missing him for those first four rounds. I Look, if I can get him in in round five for that Bulldogs game, that would be amazing. But I think I'm going to need at least that third price rise to get him in. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I'm targeting that round six game, and I think it's possible. Now, one thing that makes me think is I think it's possible to go from Coriusau to Crook. I've seen a lot of teams with Braley and Grant. Going from Braley or Grant to Cook is going to be hard. So if that's the way you're thinking of going, I think you need a plan to get Cook or maybe you're just saying, okay, I'm not going to get him till, you know, post-origin or something. Uh, I do think that's a bit risky. He is the kind of player that particularly when that draw gets a bit better, I'm going to start shooting my pants not having. Okay. Uh, what would you do if Coruscant was averaging low 60s? You're saying if Coruscant is averaging low 60s and Cooks is averaging 70, would I even like? Would I even bother to trade up? Yeah. That early. Yeah. It's <sighs> a good question. Uh, look, if Coruscant is going that well, uh, I'm going to be pretty happy either way. So it's a problem that I will. I would love to have. Can I, okay, can I um, explore another scenario with you? Yeah. Um, as long as one of your hookers is getting a sort of 50-plus score week yeah. to week, um, how about getting Murray in as a cook proxy? Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I so, so so Murray's, it's not the same. Really? Nah. How many times did Murray crack 100 last year? Three times. Hmm, that's more than I thought. Did he ever crack 120? Uh, 120 was his highest score against the Tigers. Yeah, okay. So Cook cracked a ton of, like, five times, right? And yeah. then I think a couple of other 90s or something. And I think, what was Cook's highest score? Do you have it in front of you? 146. Yeah. See, that's a lot. I don't think it's, yeah, yeah. I don't think Murray's in the top echelon. And I've, uh, I've got a whole tirade on, on Cam Murray um, <laughs> <laughs> that I wasn't planning on on unleashing just yet, but I can if you really want me to. No, no, let's keep it. Let's hold on to it for another week. I, I know how it's going to go, so. Yeah. What, would you, what are you going to do? Like... In that, like, are you planning on getting Cook early, or are you just going to try and ride out the two, two cheap cookers? Um, I think I'm going to try to ride them out. I think the scenario where I get Cook early will only happen if another gun goes down and I and I have an opportunity to free up a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. In answer to your earlier question about Chris out averaging sixty, yeah, I'm. I don't mind going early. We've talked about this before, but like, I'm. I'm all for upgrading very quickly. And again, like, you know, the Wonga Blake thing or the Bailey Simonson or whoever it is, the center that gets, that goes well at the beginning, you could, you could mount an argument for keeping them as well. Yes. Um, but I'm not going to. I'm happy to take my money and run, even if I'm going early. I want to get in the best players as quickly as possible and make my team as good as it can be. Okay, let me uh, let me ask you the reverse argument. What if 
so, so we've already said he's got his uh, Damien Cook has a hard run for the first four or five weeks, right? First four, yeah. First four weeks. So after those four weeks, what are you going to do if he's been averaging sixty? I'm still going to get him. Okay. Yeah, I'm still going to get him because he's got enough to carry. Yeah, as long as the 80 minutes are there, you're in. As long as the 80 minutes are there, I'm absolutely going to get him. He'll be a steal. Yeah. But I do think that, like, if you wait till round eight or nine, then it's like he starts playing Origin in three weeks. Yeah. So I absolutely think you have to have, you have to aggressively try and get him early if you're going to get him at all. Mm-hmm. If you don't start with him, you want to plan to get him in by, like, round six or seven at the latest. And, and it could be that one of those plans, like, if, if some of what I said doesn't go to plan, it might be getting a, a Cam McGuinness or a, your mate Brandon Smith in at second row for, you know, maybe a, a sort of mid-range second row guy that hasn't really worked out or for a, one of the guns that's not going that well. And so then mm-hmm. I can switch around like that. And actually something else I want to talk about is Blake Braley. So even let's say everything works out, right? Yep. And I and after round six, I trade up Corey South for Cook. I'm still going to have Blake Braley sitting there, right? Uh-huh. And even if he's going well, scoring 45, 50 a week, he's going to taper off his money growth by about, I don't know, round eight. And and I'm, I'm going to want to do something with him, right? Yeah. If there's not a bottom price hooker that's actually playing, and the chances of that are actually quite small, what am I going to do with him at that point? Yeah. Not really going to be, if he's averaging 45, he's not really someone I'm going to want in my team at that point as in to play them week to week. But mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of money just sitting there. Yeah. This is what we've talked about this maybe too much already, but like this is where you really need the the switchy, the, the dual position hooker second rower. Yep. Um so I don't know if I'm gonna start with one of McGuinness or, or Brandon Smith. I am probably not going to, but mm-hmm. I will they'll be one of my trading targets as well, I think, in order to get rid of Braley so I can trade Braley down, let's say, to some like second row rookie who's much more likely to turn up um, yep. than a hooker rookie. Or even if you've got another switchy down at, at centre, you could even mm-hmm. trade Braley straight out for a centre wing rookie. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would like, be a, amazing. like a Tane Milne. Tane Milne, exactly. They're saying Tane Milne might get a run. Yeah, I'm saying that. I've, I've seen that, which is great because that probably means Harris Tavita will get a run as well. Does it? Well, he seems to be the second string kicker after Herbert. So if Milne gets a run over Herbert, then they need Harris Tavita to kick. I heard that Milne kicks. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's amazing. That would make it. That would be amazing. I mean, everyone would have him, but yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. So back on the subject of Blake Braley, mm. I feel like, yeah, something's rotten in the state of Cronulla. Like, did did you see the thing about Dugan today? I did see the thing about Dugan today. So, so they apparently Dugan had, like applied for injury retirement. Like he's been having a problem with his knee, and like he, he yeah. tried to retire and get like yeah. I guess the complication with retiring. Yep. And that I mean James Hooper is reporting it, so like you know, take it with a grain of salt. But he was saying that like his teammates are worried that he's not training well and. All the rest of it. He keeps showing up with like a doctor's letter. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, 
Yeah, yeah, it's very vain. Oh, yeah, no, I was sick, but here's my doctor's letter. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that with footy. Neither did I, but apparently. Apparently it's a thing. Yeah, I, I really I really don't know what's happening in Cronulla. They're playing away from um, Shark Park or yeah. Um, what's that mean, Shark Park? I don't know. They're like doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So so they're actually playing Cogra as their oh. home stadium. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. You think this um, will come to the games? So have I been... So I want to run for parliament, i decided. <laughs> Although, so I, I did a bit of reading up on it. So, so you can become few, Cronulla's number one fan? Sorry? Is it so you can become Cronulla's number one fan? Because that's what happens when you run for parliament. No, mate. That is not the reason. <laughs> it's, 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 so I, it's so I can bring my... my tanned form into into parliament in Canberra instead of all those like I don't know like half cooked dumplings that sit there in suits. <sighs> but anyway, so a fair bit needs to happen for me to be in Parliament, I found out. First of all, I have to have to renounce my dual citizenship. What's your which, what's your other country of origin? Uh Cyprus, the guitar shaped nation. <laughs> I knew that. I just wanted to hear you say it. Um, okay. Yeah. What else do you need to do? So, if you're not nominated by a major party, which I wouldn't be, you have to be nominated uh, by a hundred people from within the electorate you're going to run. Hundred people. A hundred people literally have to sign and say, "Yep, I want this guy to be in parliament." We can make yeah, before- you know, people to sign a sign a thing that says. Wait. But like four friends, and they're all over the place. I'm going to find a hundred people within the one electorate. <laughs> just walk around, do some door knocking. Yeah, maybe. It just it just seems to me that like if you know if some if someone like Barnaby Joyce, and also like who's who is named Barnaby? Anyway, if someone like Barnaby Joyce can become deputy PM and then lose it and then try to run again for the same job, like come on, man. I just anybody anybody can do politics. I just feel anybody can do politics. Yeah, well, Glenn Lazarus, the uh, the old brick with eyes, was a senator. That's right. Oh wait, yeah, Mal can't do politics. <laughs> he gave it a shot. <laughs> Lasted about ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, so what's this got to do with Blake, Blake Braley? <laughs> just just generally, the 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 water's a bit rotten at Vanilla at the moment. Yeah, I just I, I I don't really know uh, if I can if I can trust that team. Um, I'm really worried about Fafita. He hasn't been in any iteration of my team. Um, Ueli's coming off an injury. Woods has been cooked for a couple of years. Um, Nikora and Graham are good, but that's kind of it. SJ is apparently is looking better. Well, is he though? Yeah, he's talking about doing the weights. Kind of worries me. It's like the first time he's been doing the weights in thirty year career. Yeah, I will say though, if if Dugan and Morris do play, and if they play on the wings like like the chat um, is suggesting, I th- it'll be pretty hard to score score on the on around the edges of of Kanoa. I actually I yeah. had Dugan in my team for a little bit last year. Why? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, 
my season was pretty much cooked by this point. So it was like, it was just a crazy pod move. But he got that wing spot on the right-hand side outside um, outside SJ. And he did actually have a couple of games where he scored really well. He played a couple of games at fullback, at which he also scores quite well. But then he did the old, like, pulled a heartstring and like went off after five minutes a couple of times too. So, you know, I got what I deserved for that one. Well, okay, since you brought up wings on the right side, let me ask you a question. Hmm. If going into round one, you know that Jermaine Izako is kicking, yeah, but playing on the right wing, not fullback as people are expecting, yeah, are you going to start with him? I don't even know if I'm going to start with him if he plays at fullback. Really? Why is I that? I did him again the other day, and the, the one year that he went really well, as far as I can mm-hmm. see, he had so many points from goal kicks. I don't know if yep. the Broncos had average fifteen a game. Sorry, fifteen a game from goal kicking. Yeah, that's huge. Like that's a lot of tries that they have to score for him to kick that many goals. His base has mm-hmm. never been good, and he he actually did kick for the majority of last year. People are acting as if he didn't kick at all last year. He had at least some goal kicking points in most of his games last year. You know, people talk about the move to fullback. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not 100 percent convinced on him. No, I looked at him again. Okay. I feel like I will go. I will probably start with him at fullback. No chance on the wing. No chance on the wing. Yeah, I don't. He's definitely no chance for me on the wing. But even at fullback, I'm I'm still not convinced. So, how many try assists do you think Brody Croft had last year playing on the right in a powerhouse Storm team? Fuck all. Couple from kicks. Tell me. He actually managed. He actually managed eight, which was more than I expected. Eight. Yeah. So he was linked up with potentially the best second rower in the game. In Kafusi. Are you talking about? Okay. Do, do you want to hear a crazy stat? Yeah. So Kafusi went from an average score of sixty back in twenty seventeen, also average sixty in twenty eighteen. When he didn't have Cooper Conk, to last year averaging forty six, sixteen point decrease. So that entire that entire right side of the storm was a void last year. Yeah. Okay. So what? But but Croft was there the year before as well. Yeah. So maybe you can't blame it all on Croft. Maybe. But for the sake of my narrative, I will. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, okay, here's another example. So, so we're Vunava- going to get a Vunavalu. if he's on the right wing because of Croft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, eight try assists total for the year. How many of those will go to the winger? Even if six go to the winger, like where where are the rest of Izako's tries going to come from? Yeah, I don't know. Just 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 to put that just to put it into some who's perspective the right here. Is it Boyd? Or is no, it'll be Stags. Who's on the left? Uh, Bird. So he's playing outside Bird. It's better. Yeah. I'm not sure Stags has a pass in him. Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll, 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 I'll give you. I'll give you another stat to to prove my uh, Brody Croft hate. Uh, Vunavalu averaged sixty in 2017, mm. 43 and 40 in 2018, 2019. Yeah. Again, playing on the right. Yeah, that's crazy. It says a lot about. Cooper Cronk too. 
Yeah. So people are saying that Brody Croft is this organizing half that's going to make Anthony Milford into the, his like running Canberra Raiders esque days. I just I don't see it. No, I don't see it either. Like, is he actually an organizing half, or is he just a bit shit? <laughs> like, is yeah, organizing like organizing half a euphemism for shit halfback? <laughs> it's like I haven't seen anything good for him from him, so I'll just call him an organizing half. No, like. I know what people mean by that, but I'm just not sure that he's that. I just yeah. think he's just a crap half. And and to be fair, he's young and he might develop, uh, but I haven't seen a lot from him just yet. He's looked he's looked inept at various times in, in first grade. And and as far as Milford goes, I know that he's been in and out of your team, so you must see something in him. And people, you know, the old skin folds are at their lowest. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the reason I think Milford – I had Milford last year and he was awful and he just wasn't running the ball. And, and when he did run the ball, he wouldn't get through the gap. And he just looked confused by that because when he was 21 and he was at, at the Raiders, he could, you know, he was like Jesus walking on water. He could step around people and they didn't even know what had happened. He was so light-footed. But I think he was about 20 kilos lighter. You know, I, I suppose if he has lost a lot, a lot of weight, then maybe that's something. I don't know if people get their speed back. Like, even if he's lost all that weight, is he actually going to get those, like, couple of yards of speed back? And if he gets a couple of yards of speed back, is he going to go back to that running game? I'm not sure that it is the organizing half necessarily that helps him go back to that. I think it's his own confidence and in his running game that he's actually going to get through those gaps. I, I, I agree with that assessment, but I feel like they are going to be a more successful team this year. Um, I don't think Croft is necessarily a a downgrade over what they had last year. He even might still be a slight upgrade. Um, about that, but yeah. But the, I guess the other, the, I'll agree that he's not a downgrade. Okay. So the other the other thing with MILF is just we spoke about um, the great players available at fullback. We've spoken about the cheap players available at hooker. It's just one of those years where there aren't cheap uh, players available in the halves, really. So it kind of may necessitate a strategy where you have quite a, a, you know, you might have two guns and a mid-priced half or something like that, and you might play all three of them every week. Or even one gun and mil, and someone like a Milford, just because there aren't the Dylan Browns or the Adam Kierans or or somebody really cheap that, that you're confident starting with. Yeah, I, I think that's right. But... So there's George Williams, who's kind of mid-priced, and 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 there's Jerome Ludwig. So there is an option there. He's not bottom. They're not bottom priced. No. And perhaps two guns. Yeah. One of them could be, um, yeah, one of them could be Milford. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like he's he's just looked so confused to me in the last couple of years. Like, you know, there is that potential there for him to be amazing, but it really is a running game. He's just got to he's got to stop even trying to kick the ball. He's, and he's and he's got to get back those two or three or four yards of pace that he's lost, and just because mm-hmm. he's like stopped eating mackers, I'm not sure that it comes back that easily. Yeah. Bolly, it was a pleasure mm-hmm. talking super coach with you as always. Uh, let's yeah. chat again next week. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go off to a caucus or something like that, but I'll speak to you later. <laughs> See ya. Bye.